Friends, welcome to our service today on the 7th of February. It's good that we can be together in worship. Our call to worship. Those who grow weary, come. Those who feel faint, come. Those who fall exhausted, come. You shall soar as on eagles' wings. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Creator waits on you to lift you, love you, and renew you in strength. Friends, as we come before God, let's sing along and listen to this hymn, Be Still and Know That I Am God. Friends, let us pray. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Wonder, joy, waves and flow and rhythm and awe and wind. The sounds around us that lift us. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Thank you, Lord, for all your ways. Creator, 
forgive us for sins of pollution, of deforestation, of ice caps melting, of plastic trauma in the oceans, of chemical waste. Forgive us for the physical damage. Forgive us for not honouring beauty enough that these things happen. Forgive us for not holding wonder close enough that we lose connection with the seasons and the land. Forgive us for not blessing the earth with fallow time that we strip it of its goodness. Forgive us for not recognising the balance of creation enough that we turn it into economy and profit. It's so easy, God, to talk of creation and the sins we commit against it. May we refocus ourselves as part of creation, in balance with the whole, one of many parts, leaving a legacy integral to the circle of life, bound together in past, present and future. Hear us, forgive us, renew us, set us free. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 21 to 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy, and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught, and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground, than he blows in them and they wither, and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the story hosts one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth, he will not cry tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Thanks be to God. Amen. Chapter 1, verse 29 to 39. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak, because they knew who he was. 
very early in the morning. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. When they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone's looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That's why I have come. So he travelled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Only by grace can we enter, only by grace can we stand, not by our human endeavor, but by the blood of the Lamb. Into your presence you call us, you call us to come. Into your presence you draw us, and now by your grace we come. Now by your grace we come. Lord, if you mark our transgressions, who would stand? Thanks to your grace we are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Lord, if you mark our transgressions, who would stand? Thanks to your grace we are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Only by grace can we enter, only by grace can we stand. Not by our human endeavor, but by the blood of the Lamb. Into your presence you call us, you call us to come. Into your presence you draw us, and now by your grace we come. Now by your grace we come. Now by your grace we I don't know if you've heard the story about the man who was being tailgated by a woman who was really stressed out. She'd had a really tough week. They were driving along a very busy road and it came to um, an intersection where there were some traffic lights. Uh, the light turned yellow and the man did the right thing. Uh, it turned an amber and he started to slow and the woman was banging a horn and well, she wasn't very polite. Let's put it like that. She hit the roof and the horn. She screamed in frustration and uh, she got out of the car and she was in mid-rant. And by the way, this is not a personal story. Uh, I'm not neither the driver of the car in front, nor am I the driver of the pretty frustrated lady behind. I'm not either of those. 
but she gets out of the car and uh, she's in mid rant and then she notices a police officer and the police officer uh, orders her to uh, to walk away from the vehicles with um, and arrests her for disturbing the peace. He takes her to the police station and she is searched, she's fingerprinted, she's photographed and then she's placed into a cell. A few hours later, she is released from the cell and escorted to the, the booking in desk, the charging desk. And there the um, arresting officer is waiting for her with the personal effects. He says to her, I'm really sorry for the mistake. You see, I, I pulled behind your car. I saw what had happened. I saw that you were shouting. I saw that you were being really aggressive. I saw you get out of the car. I saw you approaching the car in front. I saw you shouting at him. But I also noticed there was a sticker in your car. It said, choose life. It said, follow me to church. So I naturally assumed that the person in the car had stolen the vehicle, that the person shouting was not the owner of the car. I assumed you'd stolen it. Saint Augustine, or we think it's attributed to Saint Augustine said, preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. In essence, do our actions betray our faith or does our actions give witness to the faith that we have? In both the story and also of today's gospel reading in Mark's gospel, we learn that one person's behaviour does have profound consequences for others. For each of us, there is profound teaching and preaching of Jesus and of his healing ministry. And for many of us, there's profound consequences of those who have received the teaching, the preaching and the healing of Jesus. In receiving the gospel message, we can be healed, we can be transformed. There's an old revival hymn, revive us again, fill each heart with thy love, make each soul be rekindled with fire from above. And the hymn calls for the reviving presence of God to be in our lives, to rekindle the embers of our souls, that we may be empowered, empowered in our lives, to live fully before God and fully in the world. It is a fact that life, especially sometimes a life of faith, can be thrilling, but also, as we know, can be very draining. We can't hope, and I need to hear this for myself, we cannot hope to be effective servants of God dependent upon our own strength. When those embers are close to burning out, we pray and need God to rekindle them. And indeed we see an example of Jesus as the one who knew this, who experienced this for himself. He found it necessary to turn to God in moments of quiet to receive again the empowering presence of the Spirit. Where do we find our strength? Especially when we encounter moments of difficulty. On whom do we rely? The prophet Isaiah speaks to a people who are feeling abandoned. They're feeling lost. They've lost hope that their voices will ever be heard. And not only have they lost hope that their voices will be heard, but all they hear is the voice of the conqueror. A conqueror which laughs at them, derides them for their weakness or their perceived weakness. Where is God? A cry that they ask. 
it's not easy being in dire straits and when it doesn't make sense. It feels it shouldn't be this way. But the prophet, however, brings a word from God that speaks directly into their experience of suffering. He says to them, don't you know? Haven't you heard? Have you not understood? From the very beginning, God has inhabited this earth, the inhabitants of which can be numbered like locusts. Trust and see, because those who mock you, those who repress you, God will make them useless. They'll be like the plant that's scarcely rooted, that when the breath of God breathes upon them, they will dry up and be blown away in the wind like straw. No one, God says, no one can be compared to me. So take strength in this message, for this is good news. Friends, it's good news for us too, as it was for those years ago that Isaiah was speaking to. When we feel, as many feel today, that God has forgotten, when it feels that we're being neglected, let's not forget that God is an everlasting God who never grows tired and who never grows weary. God isn't limited by our understanding of things. When we are ready to give up and go home, God gives power to the tired and revives the exhausted. Indeed, as we're reminded, even the young will tire and grow weary. But those who hope in the Lord will be renewed. They will fly like eagles. They'll run and not grow tired. They will walk and not be weary. Oh, how we long for that, to not be weary. The road that the exiles find themselves on is a long and difficult road. But in the hope of the Lord, they will never be disappointed. And then we come to the Gospel of Mark. In the very first chapter of Mark's Gospel, Jesus is already performing miracles and dealing with people who clamour for more. He's been to the synagogue in Capernaum and while he's there, there's trouble. Now, probably exhausted by this encounter, he joins Simon and Andrew and together with James and John, they go to a visit to Simon and Andrew's house and they discover that Simon's mother-in-law is unwell with a fever. And this, of course, is pre-penicillin days. She's pretty unwell. The fever is serious. And Jesus goes to her, raises her up by the hand and the fever leaves and immediately free from sickness, she begins to serve them. Now, this scene in our mind, we can play it out and say, ah, oh, did Jesus just heal her? So they'd get up and she'd get up and heal and, and serve them and provide them food. The whole scene could be interpreted as being a bit self-serving. But when Jesus restores, when Jesus heals, when Jesus draws close to us and gives us all that we, need, that, that we need, isn't our natural reaction to want to give back to him, to serve him? to surrender to him. Free of her sickness, the woman serves. So thank you, as a gift back. Jesus has been preaching and teaching. In Mark's gospel, before this particular passage, we're told that he's going through Galilee and, and that he's an authoritative teacher and healer. And perhaps that message spread without the help of Facebook or Twitter is an explanation for why at sunset the whole town comes out. Everyone, it says, the whole town gathers at Simon's door. 
They bring those who they're concerned about. They bring the sick. They bring the demon-possessed. And we're told that Jesus tirelessly, with the power of God sustaining him, heals the sick and throws out demons. Isn't it natural for us to bring our loved ones to others? Today, already a phone call from somebody whose, whose sister has passed on and has died saying, Jackie, will you pray? Will you pray for my sister? Will you pray for us? It's a natural thing that we bring the very people who mean the most to us to God. And friends, if you're not doing that, can I encourage you to do that? To bring those who mean the most to you. Those who are tired. Those who are exhausted. Those who are weary in body, mind and spirit. Bring them. Bring them to God. Jesus here reaches out. He doesn't let the demons speak because they recognise him. They recognise the power and the authority of Jesus. And at this point, he didn't want his identity being revealed. He wanted people themselves to come to their own conclusion of who he is. It's a matter of the revelation or the one making the revelation that's an issue here. It could be either Jesus doesn't want those who the demons to, to, to declare him the Christ, Jesus the healer, Jesus the teacher, the one who prays. He recognises that after all that giving out, he needs to go and to receive. And so he goes to that deserted place. He goes early in the morning before sunrise. Now, looking at the geography of Capernaum, there's, there's no wilderness around there. There's no desert place. But what he does, he goes away from the distraction. He finds somewhere quiet. Jesus works hard and then takes time out for prayer and to rest. And when the disciples track him down, they tell him, everyone's looking for you. Of course they are. They all want something from him. But he doesn't go back to Capernaum. He goes in a different direction. There are more people. There are more places. There are more situations. And of course, he's traveling to the cross. He says, that's why I came, to reveal to others the goodness of God. And he goes from synagogue to synagogue, preaching and healing. And in this way, he finds freedom to speak. He challenges the status quo. Friends, how might we hear this calling in our own settings? Not to keep going back, but to go forward, to reveal the goodness of God to those we meet in new situations, in our daily situations. Not to keep looking at what was gone. And, and, and we have been hearing it, we've been saying it, Lord, we're looking forward to getting back, going back to how it was normal. Friends, it will never be normal. There is a new norm, a new thing that we need to embrace in the kingdom of God in our communities. And we need to acknowledge that for the future. As we start to think about the world um, reopening, we, we find ourselves surrounded by grief and, and people who have lost loved ones. How do we acknowledge that and support them? We find the beauty of kindness in our community. How do we encourage people to keep on looking after neighbours, even when isolation and shielding is finished? And how can we as a church be in the midst and the centre of that? For Jesus, it isn't about crowds, 
nor is it about success. He didn't go back. He kept going forward. Each encounter, taking him and others to the cross. We don't often hear of Jesus preaching again. It's mainly teaching because the proclamation of the gospel is down to the disciples and down to you and me. Down to you and me to tell others the good news of Jesus. So friends, we go. But firstly, we are equipped by coming to God. We come to God first to seek his presence, his stillness and his strength. And in doing so, then we go. Firstly to God and then to the world. And so we pray, revive us again, Lord, so that we might run and not grow tired, walk and not grow weary. Revive us again, O Lord, that we may serve in freedom. Revive us again, fill our hearts with your love, O God, that inflamed by the Spirit, the good news of God's realm might be made known in word and in deed. In his name. Amen. Friends, let us pray. Holy One, hear our prayers. Our lives are often like a roller coaster with joys and sorrows. We can grow weary and tired. It's times like these that we need you, Lord. We need to commune with you to become centred and whole. We need to draw close to you, to wait on you and to experience your healing touch. We need the support of one another, the love of one another, the encouragement of one another to remind us of your presence. It's times when we commune with you that we're lifted up on eagle's wings. Then we gain power for our faintness. We gain strength for our weariness. Then we who are broken hearted are healed. Then we who are wounded find healing. Then we find hope in your steadfast love. And Lord, when we have received our healing, may we then be a vessel for you to use to heal other people, that we may go proclaiming the good news to all. And so we think of those for whom today is a hard day, those who are weary in body, in mind, in spirit, and through grief. Remember the families of those for whom the grief today is a raw reality the family of Christine, for the family of Alison, for the friends of Alison, for the family and friends of Henry, for the family and friends of Brenda and of Jean. May they know your healing and your grace and may we, your servants, receive from you that we may serve you in spirit and in truth. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. 
and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Friends, we listen to and sing along to our final hymn, Just As I Am. Just as I am without one plea But that you die to set me free And at your bidding come to me O Lamb of God, I come Just as I am, though tossed about With many a conflict, many a doubt Fightings within and fears without O Lamb of God, I come Just as I am, you will receive Will welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve because your promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, your love unknown has broken every barrier down. Now to as I am of that free love the breadth, length, depth and height to prove here for a time and then above O Lamb of God I Friends, thank you for joining us in worship today. I'm located in the office here at Trinity Methodist Church. We've had a very busy week here serving our communities and showing other people that they are loved and cared for by God. And you are loved and cared for by God. Please do take care of yourselves. Be kind to yourselves. And let's serve God together in grace. Our final blessing. We thank you, Lord, that you've met us in our worship and our praise in our silence and our song. Be with us in our homes, our places of work and in our play, that we may look for ways to serve you in people and in places. And so we go in the name of the Father, in the love of Christ 
and through the power of the Spirit. Amen.